Hey everybody, welcome to the Magical Girl's Guide to Life, a disgustingly girly podcast by me, a disgustingly girly adult. <laughs> and today I'm here with a super amazing guest, the author of Self-Care for Black Women, Oludara Adil. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, so please tell all of our listeners more about you um, and how you came to write this lovely book. Yes. Okay. Well, um, yes, I am. The, my name is Oludara. Um, I also go by Dara. I am the author of Self-Care for Black Women and the forthcoming second book, Affirmations for Black Women, a journal. That one comes out uh, December 27th um, of this year. So, or 2022. And um, I am, uh, by day, I am a therapist. Um, I'm a social worker. And then by night, you know, I write and um do other social media things but so i can't the way i came out about to write this book is that um the publisher found me so before before becoming a uh, social worker i was a journalist so i did my undergraduate in print journalism i had big big dreams of working in print magazine i wanted to work at 17 magazine um I wanted to work with teens. I wanted to work in women's magazines. Aww. So I worked at Cosmo when I got out of college in 2011 until the end of 2013. Um, and so I was burnt out by the industry. I had experienced some workplace racism, some workplace discrimination, which I didn't know was workplace discrimination at the time. I just thought I was being treated unfairly just because... I had a mean boss, but, um, yeah, yeah. But coming later on to find out and looking back at the situation it was definitely deeper than that. And so I kind of like left women's magazines, did a bit of beauty PR, went into, um, being a managing editor at double XL, which is a hip hop publication. Oh, wow. And that, done was, it all. <laughs> yeah, that was very different. And I took that job because it was like, I was trained to be a journalist. I was trained to work with words. It didn't really matter what the topic was. Um, I could help any magazine, right? Mm -hmm. But it was fun because it was different. It was music, but it was also very stressful and toxic. And I think it was there that I realized that I didn't want to be in magazines anymore. And um, I basically just quit my job without a plan. <laughs> Yeah, which I do and don't recommend, you know, at the time I had some cushion. I was like living at home. I had some savings, but it wasn't a lot of savings. So like, but yeah. I was just in a job that I absolutely hated and I hated waking up to it. I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, and for a lot of people I worked with, they were like, why are you quitting your job without a job? I was like, I can't be here anymore. Sometimes it's not um, worth it to stay. <laughs> not worth it. It was not mm -hmm. worth it. I was like so stressed. Like my skin was breaking out. I was mm. gaining weight. And as soon as I left that job, within six months, skin clearing up, weight dropping. Wow. <laughs> like, you know, it was a totally, yeah. I was a totally different me. So then I decided to, I thought, well, I thought I was going to do like uh, be a teacher because at the time, um, at the church I belonged to, which was Hillsong, um, yeah. New York, I 
I thought I was going to be a teacher and I was a Sunday school pastor there, Mm -hmm. or I was a Hillsong kids pastor volunteer. So I was like, uh, I thought, oh, well, maybe I want to work with children. I love working with children. Like I do this all the time. Um, Quickly realized after working at a preschool for three months, mm mm-mm. Teaching is no. not for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and that's, that's a, wow. Thank God for teachers because no, I could. Yeah. It I honestly could, takes a, like a very special kind of person. A special to be able person. To, yeah. Um, I cannot do that. Yeah. And then I became a nanny. So I, I like decided, you know, what is the last job I liked that I enjoyed? Because in between the teaching and going to grad school for social work, I was like, yeah. what do I want to do with my life? And I had friends who were like, well, maybe you want to do social work. You're interested in mental health. Maybe you want to do that. You want to work in wellness mm-hmm. and fitness. Like I always wanted to work in wellness. And my friend was like, I think you'd be a great social worker. And so then I started looking at programs and I decided that, you know, one, I didn't want to take the GRE again. So the school I went to, University of Southern California, mm-hmm. um, they don't require a entry exam. So I was just like, okay, well, that's great because my GPA wasn't that great in undergrad no. because C's get degrees. Hey, felt that. Felt that. C's get degrees. Just get through school, get that degree. Yeah. And so basically I, while I was working at the preschool, I, I pretty much decided, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to social work, but I hate this job that I'm working at. So how do I what is the last job I loved? Which I feel like is a great question to ask yourself when you want to maybe find a purpose or something mm-hmm. to do. It's like, what what do I enjoy? And I do enjoy being a nanny. I do enjoy w- watching kids, spending time with kids. Yeah. And honestly, I like looked for a job. Um, there was this family near my home, near my home in New Jersey, because I was like working at a preschool in New York, but I lived in New Jersey. And um, mm. if you're from the East Coast, you understand that, like, New York, New Jersey, people nah, just I get work. it. My ex is it, from yeah, New Jersey. Yeah. Like, South yeah. Orange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, we'd be going from New Jersey to New York all the time. Yeah. Where do you live? <laughs> I'm in Dallas, Texas. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it was long distance. Yeah. But, yeah. but yes. But, like, like, you know, when you're on the East Coast, it's like, you could go to from Connecticut, New York to New Jersey in the same day. Like it's no mm-hmm. big deal. So I decided, let me, when I decided to break up with New York, cause that was also yeah. part of like my identity of like, I wanted to be this big New York magazine editor. So I had to break up with, with New York and mm. working in New York. And I found a nanny job really like near my house. Um, and with a family that I absolutely love and adore and being a nanny was like the job I did in, in college too that I loved. And I was just like, let me just do that until I go to grad school. And mm-hmm. that's what I did. I like applied to USC and I was honestly like, okay, if I get in, then maybe God and the universe tell me to go. Yeah. And and then once I, I was, I also applied for a scholarship and I was like, well, if they give me this money, then I guess I'm going. <laughs> yeah. And you got um, it? Yes. So I got a scholarship and, um, it was one of their like highest scholarships they give. They give like a, like a half ride. That's basically what it's called. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I got it and I was just like, oh, so I, I'm supposed to be doing this. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so 
Yeah. So basically, to circumvent back to how I started writing this book, basically, I graduated from social work in 2019. Um, from I graduated my master's in social work from the University of Southern California in 2019. And um, I via the editor who reached out to me from Simon & Schuster. She was like, hey, you used to be an editor, used to be a writer. Like, I've got this book idea. I see you're a social worker. Um, How do you feel about, like, this book project? And this book project was perfect because it's literally basically why I went to grad school. Mm -hmm. Um, When I went to grad school, I was just basically like, I want to focus on Black women's wellness. I want to focus on Black women's mental health um, because I lost my mother in 2013 and her health and her wellness was never Mm -hmm. her priority. So I was like actively trying to break that cycle within me as well. So, um, you know, and when I was in grad school, I did all, I looked at all the research and I just... I honestly found that like stress is at the core of a lot of our illnesses and our well-being. So I was like, I want to dedicate my life to helping like black women specifically, people in general, but black women specifically, you know, find emotional freedom, wellness freedom. Um, So I was very vocal about that online prior to the book deal. I was very Mm -hmm. much so like, you know, always tweeting about black women wellness and all that stuff. And I had at the top of 2021, I had decided that I would get back into editing because I've had friends who had told me that, um, you know, you're a great editor, like you should just do that on the the side so you can like make extra money. And I was always like, nah, whatever. I don't want to do it. But I realized that I should just like, sometimes you just have to tap into your skills just for the sake of it and um, or to fulfill whatever purpose you mm-hmm. have in them. And also, you know, it's, it's a, it's a skill of mine that doesn't take a lot of effort. And um, I basically was very intentional at the top of 2021 is what I'm trying to get at. At the top of 2021, I was like, I want a book deal. So this year I'm going to mm-hmm. put myself out there more as a writer and editor. I'm going to start an editing business. I'm going to try to write more. Um, And I put that intention out and then, you know, someone had come to me to help them edit their uh, self-published book. And then Mm -hmm. Simon & Schuster came to me. So I almost feel like I manifested the book It's divine. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love Uh, that. Because I had... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I love all of that. Like your story, and you know, I've heard your story because I was creeping. I was creeping, of course. <laughs> um, and it reminds me of myself, like, or I guess I remind me of you. I don't know, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the way that you focus on Black women's wellness and mental health, how you said you had to break up with your past career, like that's that's huge. Um, mm-hmm. and I think I want to talk more about that because sometimes when we are so attached to something like our work becomes our identity, unfortunately, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I feel like it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and then when your work becomes your identity, it's almost like you're grieving that past you. So how did you get over that? Like your past identity is like, I'm the mm-hmm. magazine girl. I'm the, I'm the New York right. magazine girl. Um, cause I know it was not easy. No, I mean, yeah, that was hard, honestly, because yeah. there were many layers to it. It was like 
I feel like when something, your job becomes your identity, there's many layers. It's like the social part of it, like mm -hmm. um, whether it's your colleagues, whether it's the people outside of your industry that look at you a certain way. Um, Cause that was also part of it too. Like as soon as I quit my job at double XL, a lot of my fr oh, family, friends, mm -hmm. some friends were like, I don't, why are you doing this? Like <laughs> you work at a, you work in the, you realize you work at a magazine in New York city, like mm -hmm. the best job that every, they make movies about your job. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's yeah. like, I know, but just something in my spirit was just like, this is not for me. So yeah, like breaking up um, with an identity, uh, especially when it's tied to your job requires a lot of mourning, mm -hmm. right? It's like, I had to mourn what I thought working in magazines would be like. I had to I'll give myself space to grieve that. And also rec give my, like, encourage myself and be honest with myself that like, it's okay to go another path. Mm -hmm. Um, and if this is something I'm supposed to come back to, it will, it'll happen. Um, it was hard because right before grad school, someone at the cut had reached out to me and she was like, we need uh, someone to work in fashion. Like our, they needed like a fashion editor or something. Yeah. And it was tempting. I was definitely like, maybe I could just go back and try mm -hmm. it again. Um, you know, because that world was intoxicating and tempting and the status it gave me internally and externally was very tempting. But um, I think like you have to be intentional in life. And I feel like that's, I was in that space. So like mm -hmm. after I had remorse, what I thought the industry would be, what I thought my life would be, I accepted where I was in my life, you know, not making a, not a lot of money, working a nanny job that it, it paid the bills. Right. But it wasn't, what I was used to. Um, yeah. and, and I also, um, I don't know where this will fit in, but I literally had to block other people out. So I mm. basically got off Facebook. I got off Instagram. I got off Twitter um, because seeing other people in who were my age having like transitions that I felt were going forward versus my transition, which I felt was going backwards, mm. which in hindsight, I think my transition was just going forward. Yeah. But because I, because I internally felt like I was a failure and I was like taking steps back, I had to get off Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And then when I resurgeced and I was like, Hey guys, I'm going to grad school. Everyone was like, where have you been? <laughs> are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, because between leaving my job at double XL and like going to announcing I was going to grad school, honestly was like within a year. So people mm. were just like, what is going on? Um, yeah. yeah, but so it, yeah, it requires that... a Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Go on. I was going to say, well, it requires just a lot of just like self-reflection and grieving and mourning and yeah. um, acceptance. So I was going to ask um, about social media and during that grieving and mourning period, like, do you think that social media is like, do you see social media as like positive, a negative when it comes to mental health or does it just depend? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like it falls in many different places, right? I feel like it can be a negative for sure if um, mm -hmm. all you're doing is consuming, right? If you're just consuming constantly people's lives, 
uh, what people say, um, and you're not allowing your own self to experience life outside the phone, you know, outside of social media, you can really like warp your world. Um, so I think it it all depends on where you are personally. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely an advocate for breaks whenever you feel like you need it. I am the queen of just taking a break and not even telling people (laughs) social media, (laughs) like, like yeah. I'll just stop posting and come back like nothing ever happened. Uh, <laughs> Dancing the bad bunny too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like whatever. I do whatever. You know, it's just like I just do whatever I want. But yeah. I feel I feel like it's important to like measure that. Um like like I'm still not on Facebook. I mean I am, but mm-hmm. I'm not. Like I don't even have the app on my phone. I have to go on my laptop to look at Facebook. But even when I'm on it, it's honestly like for groups or to post about my books and stuff. But I, I for me, Facebook, um, for me, Facebook just felt like I was consuming too much of other people's lives. And yeah. I felt myself judging where I am in my life. And, you know, removing myself from certain social media apps like Facebook allowed me to have my own realizations about what I want in my life. Do I even want to get married? Do I even want to have kids? Right. Because I will, I will speak for like myself, like being a almost 34 year old. Mm -hmm. Like I have so many friends, family members who are around my age, my age range, kids, family house, all these things that as a society we say are like pillars of like adulthood Mm-hmm. But but really, they're not like, you know, yeah. we, we've just made this up and um, removing myself from uh, Facebook and I will say even Instagram, I don't really scroll it like, you know, I don't really I'm on Instagram to interact with people. I'll post things, but I don't really like scroll, scroll, scroll. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because I just don't want to like be talked out of the life I love, right? Like, I love my life. Yes. (laughs) I love my life. I don't want to be talked. Yeah. I I don't want to be talked out of the life I've created that I love all because all of a sudden I'm seeing that XYZ is dating this XY person, this person. And Mm. now I'm like, Oh, well, I'm still single. Like, Maybe I should get back on the apps. Oh, oh my gosh. but I don't yes. really like the apps, oh. right? Like, like you know, <laughs> dating apps are horrible. Oh yeah, I love they are. being single. <laughs> yeah, no, I but I you feel you. I feel you on those pillars of adulthood because, like, mm-hmm. I don't want kids, and like, mm. I think for the longest time I convinced myself. Did you want kids before? Did you like? Yeah, was I that something myself. you wanted? Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't even like a want. It was just like a. Like, okay, that's just what happens, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, like mm-hmm. spontaneously one day I will have a husband, a house and a mm-hmm. baby, you know, but the more I right. really thought about it, I'm like, I don't want to be pregnant. I don't want yeah. to like, like I love children, but I don't want to have one. Yes. And like, yes. you know, being Nigerian, I mentioned mm-hmm. it to my mom and she started to cry and I was like, never mind. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, but then right? it, it did make me think like how much of the things that I, that I pine for is because of like society and people around me, 
Like, yes, twenty twenty, about five people I know all bought houses. Like, I think they were all in a group chat and they all bought houses like at the same time. Oh and so I know <laughs> they were all nice. Like, where too. I didn't get the memo, right? <laughs> and so I was like, dang, I can't buy a house. But then I think mm-hmm. I don't even want one. <laughs> Mm, okay i do not want a house like i like being able to like call for maintenance and like take everything i don't want the extra responsibility but yet yes but yet sometimes in the back of my mind i'm like i'm behind (laughs) yeah right yeah right so i love what you said definitely i like i've i've had in 2019 i like went to my therapist's office at the top of the year and i was like i'm going to find my husband (laughs) Um, and then she's like, okay, let's go on this journey as someone who's never dated, (laughs) you know, she was like, let's see how this goes. And for two years, I was like gung ho, like Mm -hmm. date after date after date, talking to this person, talking to that person. And I finally, after being traumatized many times, you know, so I finally had to step back and, and be like, why are you, well, she said it. She was like, why are you so desperate? To find oh, yeah. I mean, she's right. I was just like, so she's like, you are a fabulous woman. Why are you so desperate to find like your partner? Like mm. if it's supposed to happen, it'll come to you. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I guess. But you know, yeah. trying to do the work of the universe and God. And it's just like, um, I had to let it go. And then now yeah. here I am 2022. I'm like, I don't even know if I want someone. Okay. Like yeah. I, I am it, fine it being single and childless. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I was, I, but, but again, it was something that was put on me from like family. You know, I was constantly told like, well, we, I want to be at your wedding. Like, you know, mm-hmm. my aunt is like, almost 90 so she's like you know she prays she's at my wedding because you know nigerians like weddings weddings are a huge thing and which i get it it's the joining (laughs) of families it's a whole thing and i hope to one day have a lavish like nigerian wedding but yeah it was i was so i felt so pressured that i was just like i gotta find someone i gotta find someone even if they're a bum (laughs) you know by that I mean just someone who just was yeah. not on my level as mm-hmm. far as like uh goals or whatnot. Um and I had to take a step back and just take a break. And um when you I feel like when you take a step back from things, whether it's from work, social media, whatever, it really allows you to reflect on what you want. And mm-hmm. you know, I had to come to the realization like you know, because at one point I was so upset. I was like, well, what if I never meet someone and I never have a child? Now yeah. I'm like, I'm, oh, I will be okay if those things yeah. don't happen in this lifetime. Um, cause I, cause again, I have, I have children in my life, no matter what, whether it's through mm-hmm. friends or family. But I feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves as women, as black women, just to like yep. hit all these milestones. Um, yep. and we're pressured so from all sides. Like, like family pressures and then there's like we pressure each other and then men like i've literally i talked to some guy on facetime that i, I met off an app which like death mm-hmm. to apps for me mm-hmm. i mean obviously yeah. I'm in a <laughs> but anyway um but he told me like i told him my age and he was like oh yeah you're you're less valuable i was like what <laughs> yeah he literally told me to my face through face, I was less valuable. How old I, are you? 
Oh, I don't be sharing my age, but I'll tell you after this. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Yeah, I respect I that, I respect I'm an that. I'm enigma, I'm a concept, but... <laughs> yes, that yeah. is fine with me, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but then when I was Ew. like, oh, I don't even want kids, like, so it doesn't matter. And then he was like, you don't mm -hmm. want kids. It was like he malfunctioned, and I don't know, like, that's some weird stuff, like... <laughs> right, I mean, I think we're... I, we're we're in such an interesting time in society where I think there are a lot of women like you and me who are literally like, okay, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, doesn't. We don't want kids. We do, but we're okay if we don't have them. Yeah. But I don't know if men are with the program. <laughs> yeah, no. they you know, they're it. not with the program. They still think we are like desperate to marry one of them and put up with their bullshit. Like, mm -hmm. sorry. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like, just, I don't yeah. know. It's like, sometimes I, because, you know, I'm on TikTok. And, like, these women share their stories of just, like, their husbands or boyfriends. And I'm like, you are willingly, because relationships are, are willingly, are, are something we do willingly. Like, yeah. you're willingly dating someone who wouldn't take care of you while you were sick? Yeah. Hmm. No. Like, you know? <laughs> and you're with, you're yeah. with a man who doesn't know how to wash clothes? Right. Who won't <laughs> like, help you share the burden of childcare. Like, right? I'm like, yeah. oh, no. But mm -hmm. it's the fact is that we do have a lot of men in society because of the way they were raised that, you know, operate yep. like that. But that is wild that, they, that he told you that. That's absolutely yep. ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> but absolutely at the same time, ridiculous. it's like, I'm glad that you're telling me because now I know how you think. Yes. And I can eliminate you quickly um because a lot exactly. of them think that way and don't even know that that's what they think <laughs> like, uh-huh you won't know until it's been like you know months and you've developed actual real feelings mm -hmm. and mm. then it's like well you're lucky i chose you because you're older right whatever that's age. it <laughs> i, was about to I feel like myself. that was the the shift for me <laughs> in dating it's yeah realizing that I don't have to be chosen, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I need to choose you, too. Like, you know? Exactly. And I feel like we're taught that a lot. Like, you got to get find a man to choose you. And I, I'm like, uh-uh. Yes, I'm doing the choosing. Like, and I don't like what those, I see. <laughs> right? Have you seen those femininity coaches who kind of, like, tell you what you need to change about yourself to, like, attract the right man? And I was just saying this on my YouTube channel, like, yesterday, that... Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. like, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how you dress, how you talk, how you elevate. Like mm -hmm. a man will treat you like trash if he wants to treat you like trash. Like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Might as well absolutely. It makes me reflect on when I worked at Cosmo and like, you know, Cosmo used to be the queen of 10 things to get your oh, man yeah. to do what you want. Like, you know, that type of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And now I look back on it like, what? What are, why right. are we trying to trick? Why don't you just communicate with your partner? What What exactly. is going on? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so dating is generally a hot mess, but yes, and dating can affect your mental health also. It does. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know if we a lot of people realize that until after the fact you've gone through it, but it really does. And I think that's why I'm so in a place of peace and protecting my peace. And I'm just like, yeah. no, I'm not putting up with someone who's not going to bring me peace, you know? Right. And like, it's not worth mm -hmm. it for the, the social badge of honor of, like, just saying yes. that you're coupled. And I feel Life. like that's what really drives a lot of, like, these mis mismatched pairings is that it's like, 
I just mm-hmm. want to have the wedding. I want to say I have the man and, you know, yes. all of that instead of really going with the people that you click with, like on either side. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. okay, now let's talk a bit about self-care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> okay, so my friends and I have been actually having a discussion about, like, like how capitalism has kind of, like, what is the word? Consumed, like, self-care. So mm-hmm. what what mm-hmm. is your thought about that? Like, what does self-care oh, yeah. mean to you? And then how do you feel about self-care being turned into, like, this capitalistic practice? Right. Yeah. You know, we live in a capitalist society, right? We can't help that. True. <laughs> You're <sucks>. right. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, right. I mean, even my book, right? The Marketing Self-Care for Black Women. Like, I mean, obviously it's a deeper meaning, but like, again, they chose those words specifically to try to hit the market. But I oh, feel shit. like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's just be real about it, but yeah. it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> the content <Yeah>. is good. <laughs> it is good. But- and this black woman loves it. So, <laughs> yay! But so I feel like so I would say that I am okay with some of the like surface level self care stuff, but I don't define that as the end all be all for self care. I yeah. define radical self care as like self care that is leading you back to yourself and I'm going to start talking specifically in the realm of black women, but Mm -hmm. obviously other people can identify with it because I think black women's stories, a lot of people can identify with it just because we are so oppressed and we are like that group that is so oppressed. Um, But like for black women, you know, society, friends, family, work tells us who we should be, what our identity Mm -hmm. is, how we should behave so we lose touch with ourselves. And I feel like radical self-care is asking you to get in touch with yourself. It's asking you to build a stronger intuition. So that's why like a lot of the tips in my book, it's like surface level stuff like, okay, yeah, go get a massage. But that is very important, right? Mm-hmm. It's something you physically need. But also like go learn your family's history, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, go learn something about yourself and your family that can give you answers to who you are, how you operate, Um, get in touch with your intuition. And I feel like it's so important. And I feel like we're also in a time that a lot of black women are beginning to realize the importance of rest and wellness Mm -hmm. and that we, we need to be in touch with ourselves. We need to know what I like and ultimately for me, that is what radical self-care is. It's like getting in touch with yourself, knowing what works for you because you need that preventative care so that when you do interact with racism, microaggressions, all these things, you are ready. You're already ready to like, you know, deal with it. And you're not gonna, you know, just be at a 10 uh, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the worst for emotional dysregulation. But, um, as far as like the capitalism part of it, absolutely. I, I, we can't help it in this society. Yeah. Um, to turn the idea of self care into something marketable. Um, yeah. It's kind of sick. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of sick. Like, you know, it makes, it takes the away the purpose of it. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I do practice yoga. Um, And I found myself lately losing touch with it. And I don't know if it's because Mm -hmm. I feel like my studio is too capitalist because, you know, it is expensive. 
Yeah. It's expensive at the studio I go to. And I know that yoga is supposed to be like a, a practice that enlightens, that enriches. And sometimes, um, you know, yoga classes turn into exercise and workout sessions. And it's like, this is supposed to be an ohm aha moment, not necessarily mm-hmm. a... Let's see how far you can push yourself to the limit moment, right? So um, I definitely feel like it's a very thin line between being very capitalistic about self-care and just kind of uh, holistic about it. Yeah, like I think people do like, I feel like with the popularity of the terms around self-care, like a face mask, is cool and a candle is cool and i'm i I even engage in capitalism of self-care because Mm -hmm, i sold a mm self-care box and all that stuff but then i think that we also should put the same energy behind like community care and like checking in with friends spending time with people you love and like you know helping each other or even like because i feel like a lot of people are depressed because of like financial issues and like um, or lacking mentorship and, and not having mm. direction. Um, and so I just, but because of capitalism, I'm like, ain't nobody has time for that. <laughs> you know? So it's like, Oh, that's it real. Sucks. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's real. I agree with you. This. Yeah. The last few days, I'm like, a lot of people have, <laughs> have a lot of capacity for care, but then it's like, they got to work. Or they mm-hmm. got to do this. We're and that. tired. Yeah, everyone is just exhausted. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's when we start to focus on like, okay, I'm exhausted. All I can do is like buy this candle. All I can do is like mm-hmm. you know buy this face mask or like yeah. hop to yoga for half an hour after work. And yeah, but hopefully, like yeah. I love the term radical self care, and hopefully we can get mm-hmm. like more of that. I don't know how. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if you have any ideas, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, you know what you said, I think, what did you say about like just capitalism and self care and like, um, yeah. Chad, I lost my train of thought. Oh. <laughs> People having the capacity to care, but not. Yes. The here we go. Yeah. Yes. There yes. we go. <laughs> Been a long day. I get it. I have ADHD, so I've been forgetting <laughs> yes. everything. <laughs> yes. Um, but so yeah, we're all tired, right? Mm-hmm. But community is just as important. That is that is radical self care as well as well to me because you sometimes you need your community. You need community. We need community care in general. Self care isn't all just about me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. It's about connecting to those around you, the world around you, and to yourself. But it's yeah. like it's very it's capitalism can make us forget because yeah, we do have these jobs that just suck the soul out of us. But that's just yep. the way society is <laughs> built. It's I wild. Know. It's I don't know if there's any solution. <laughs> You're right. Like, what can we do? <laughs> uh, you know, try. Yeah, try that yoga. You know, but that's why <laughs> yeah. the things like the yogas and the massages and those surface level things are needed to kind of keep you in a routine of remembering mm-hmm. to prioritize your wellness. And when True. you do have more capacity, make that time for 
the community and so forth. Yeah. Because um, it is And I important. like how you called it, it preventative care also. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we turn to self-care when it's like, I'm going through a breakup or I lost mm-hmm. my job. And then, then we start to like, what can I do? Meditate, this and that. But mm-hmm. to make it part of your daily routine is so yeah. important so that when those times mm-hmm. come, like you're prepared for the storm, like more prepared for the storm than like being out there with no umbrella or raincoat yes. at all. So Yes, absolutely. I really like that. Perfectly put. Um, mm-hmm. Now I want to talk about corporate things because <laughs> I talk about this a lot, how much I hate and despise corporate culture. It's very much yes. like passive aggressive and I don't yes. get it, you know? <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, I know you dealt with like micro and macro aggressions um, in your mm-hmm. past career. So how, how did you, how were you able to get through that in the time that you were in it? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, past me is not the current me. Old me yeah. was just put her head down and work. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> current me, because uh, I do work in a corporate, I would say, yes, I do work in a corporate environment. I work at a community mental health clinic, but it's mm-hmm. ran by a huge organization. Um, and the way I survive corporate culture is honestly, I keep to myself, uh, like there's and i yeah. mean i inter i just have to create boundaries at work and that for me that means um i'm the type of worker that is like i come in i do my job i leave yeah like, <laughs> i do my job well yes i yeah. do it well okay mm-hmm. all yeah. right y'all know i'm the one of the best social workers in that place yeah. but when it is 4 30 or 5 I am out. I don't exist anymore. Um, It's also like knowing when to pick your battles. I feel like sometimes people, as I've noticed other people at work in general in corporate spaces, like they take things very personally and Mm -hmm. like they just want to make things about them and their ego. And honestly, it's like, I'm very much so like, I'm just going to roll with the punches Mm. um, as long as I'm not being like um discriminated against i'm gonna roll with the punches uh because if there's a new policy to do something fine whatever i'm not gonna argue about it i'll just do it and we'll go forward um and if i so as far as like maybe interacting with colleagues that Mm -hmm. may be microaggressive as soon as i get a hint of it i don't talk to them anymore yeah (laughs) beyond i don't talk to them anymore beyond like work spaces like i remember i had a colleague who is not black was talking he got a haircut i was like oh your hair looks nice he was like yeah i had to shave the back because it started to look like an afro i said oh okay never talk to him again oh i only only when it's work related through emails don't care Um, that's how you gotta do it that's exactly and it's not and i And, like, I don't necessarily go to, like, I have work besties, but I don't necessarily run to them and I'm telling them, oh, my God, you know what he just said, da 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 Although Mm -hmm. it is helpful to have people you can vent to in the space, absolutely. Um, But I tried not to, like, gossip too much. um, Yeah. And just get too caught up in work politics because um, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't care. If it's not, if it's not impacting me and my ability to do my job, I don't care. 
Um, because I, I think because I've removed my identity from my profession, which is so important, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I, I'm definitely a social worker in my heart. It's part of who I am, but I also recognize that like who, what I do day to day to pay the bills is not who I am. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, it's not, it doesn't define who I am. And so I feel like I'm really able to just like, let it go. And I do witness other people I work with who who can't let it go and do like identify so deeply with the job that it's a bit problematic, mm-hmm. you know, um, cause there's life beyond the 40 hours or whatever you work during the week. Yeah. So yeah, you know. a little bit of life, but there's still, no, life. Bit of life. I know, right. <laughs> For real. <laughs> <laughs> we work. So listen, my ideal world, I would work yeah. three days a week, Tuesday, no, no, no. Wednesday, Thursday. No, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. Those would be the, the days I work. <laughs> always, I always have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. That'd be uh, that my sounds, ideal world. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I don't even know why we have to work so much, but. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I like your tips mm-hmm. for the workplace because what I, what mm-hmm. I find happens is um, when I do work uh, jobs, I get the job and I'm like, super high energy in the interview and then when I get there I'm like oh now I can deflate like I got I'm hired like I can relax and so then when I deflate that becomes Mm -hmm. a problem oh my gosh like Mm. I can't be quiet it's like what's wrong with her why doesn't she want to be my friend why doesn't she want to talk to me and it's like because I have anxiety and I like you Mm. said I just want to go home (laughs) I just want to do my job we're not here to socialize all the time like Right. So, so that's a big thing the black women face. Like, yeah. Just from being quiet, people assume mm-hmm. you're angry because they expect you to be bubbly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, even mm. if you are like super like social and, and people mm-hmm. love you, then comes jealousy, passive aggressiveness, mm-hmm. and like trying to knock you off your spot. Oh. So, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I have a lot of like bad memories with corporate and I'm still trying to figure out how to exist in those spaces without mm. like internalizing people's passive aggressive digs. And so I think yeah. disengaging is a good one. And I'm going to just try that. Like, yes. <laughs> I've, I've realized that a lot of like, that's what I realized. I realized a lot of the work stress, despite the work, the work is yeah. obviously stressful, but like a lot of the work stress I've noticed comes from other people's own anxiety and own passive aggressiveness mm-hmm. and the way they act. So it's almost like a lot of people expect you to meet them at their level of anxiety, whatever, whatever. And I've just decided to resist that. Like, I'm just not going to get on that level um, because, again, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Vibe. <laughs> I'm here to do my job, do it mm-hmm. well and go home. Exactly. Yeah. And thankfully, I haven't met anyone at my job that's had a problem with that. Um, Yeah. Because I just, I stay out of the mess. But for some people, it is, it can be a a problem because they're like, why aren't you like socializing with us? Mm -hmm. And um, that used to be something I hated when I worked in the media industry, especially when Mm -hmm. I worked at Cosmo. They were starting this thing of like, where we go out and we socialize with each other. And I was like, we've literally been working like seven, eight, nine, ten hours all day. Now you want us to go get drinks, but mm-hmm. I just want to go home. 
Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> and um I don't know, it's very toxic. So I always encourage if you can somehow figure out how to engage, you know, and it'll be beneficial for you. Yeah. Set up boundaries and walls. Yes. Walls with doors. Yes. Boundaries. Yes. 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 Walls with doors. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> okay. So now because you're coming out with a journal to accompany mm-hmm. your book. I want to talk about journaling as self-care because it's something mm-hmm. I do. I journal my thoughts, feelings, and I'll write like short stories. So I tweeted oh, about this awesome. the other day. Yeah. Like whenever I feel like, oh, I'm feeling invisible, then I'll write about like an invisible woman. Or if I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm feeling oh, that's cool. so bad about a decision I made. I like wrote about some girl waiting in purgatory to be sent to hell. Very expensive. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, please tell us a bit about your journal. Like, are there prompts? What kind of prompts? Mm-hmm, and what was your mm-hmm. like vision for it? Yes. So I love journaling. Um, I journaled a lot in the past. Um, this year, I will say my journaling has slowed down a bit only because mm-hmm. I've just been very busy. But yeah. it's it's something that has helped me heal um, just getting your thoughts out and getting to process things and get Mm -hmm. out of your own head. Uh, it's been so helpful. And also it helps with manifesting things. Like I've, anytime I have a journal, um, at the beginning of the year, I always write down my intentions and my, uh, hopes for the year. I even include things I want for my friends. And I always go back at the end of the year and it, they always line up. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the, what we wanted for the year happened. And so I think journaling is so, 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 so important. And I always encourage it. Um, yeah. So the book, Affirmations for Black Women Journal, a journal, um, there are over a hundred affirmations and each affirmation is very specific to like just black women and helping them manifest things in different areas of their lives, whether it's uh, relationships, um, uh, career success, wellness, um, self-identity, self-esteem. Um, <clears throat> and I, and like, there is a prompt, so it'll have like an affirmation and then it'll have a prompt and I'm like trying to get it. Um, <laughs> yes. So like, it's, it'll look like this. So like, you know, and, <laughs> and I know, so there's I know a, who did the illustration for your, yes, like I follow her on yes. Instagram. I was like, Ooh. yes, Tess, Tess Armstrong. Love yes. her. Yes. She's, I love her work. I love her work. So, um, yeah, so there it's like, there's an affirmation and then there's a prompt. And a lot of these affirmations and prompts honestly come from my own life, my own experience, um, friends experiences, um, because affirmations and journaling for me, has just been so healing. Like I remember when I was in grad school and I was about to graduate and this was a transition in my life, right? I'm graduating, but my, I don't have my mom with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and my mom had passed away in 2013. I had graduated in 2019, but it was still like a pivotal moment in my life. Like, yeah. despite whatever relationship I had with my mom when she was alive, it's like, oh, I would still love her to like be here, um, mm-hmm. through these different life transitions. Um, and that was something when she was passing that I was very like, 
oh gosh, she's not going to be there if I ever get married, if I have kids, blah, 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 all these things, right? So yeah. um, when I was graduating grad school, I was like, I was having a lot of like self-doubt and all these like negative thoughts about myself. So I would just write affirmations down and put them up and constantly look at them and read them and try to fill myself with affirmations affirmations like try to affirm myself and honestly it just helped and made me feel better Mm. and helped me shift my thinking and I feel like it's so important because sometimes like we really need to shut out the negative voice that is in our head that we all have intrinsically so yeah no Mm. I love that Mm -hmm. I love affirmations and I love manifestations (laughs) yes yes writing things down does kind of like give it some kind of power um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it does help you process like all the thoughts swimming in your head. You can see everything mm-hmm. and you can even see the progression because sometimes I yes. go to like my old journal entries and I'm like, Ooh, I was really in a weird headspace that day or that mm-hmm, week. Mm-hmm. What else? What happened that week? How did I get there? How can I avoid feeling this way when a similar thing happens? Yes. Yeah. And then for affirmations, yes. <clears throat> I love like, I haven't done this in a while, but like actually just saying it to yourself in the mirror, like smiling mm-hmm. to yourself, I feel like mm-hmm. that kind of like, I don't know, it tricks my brain into being like, okay, yeah, yes. I'm that girl. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Oh my gosh. I agree. I agree. I used to use like, I used to use like, I am loved I or I'm worthy of yeah. love. I used to say, I used to yes. say that too. <laughs> yes, I used to say that. Like around the time when I decided I wanted to start dating, right? And then, you know, relationships and dating is traumatic. So it's just like, <laughs> especially if you date men, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like sometimes <laughs> you just kind of feel like you're not worthy. And so mm-hmm. you begin to just have all these thoughts. So I would always have to like look at something and look at it and say, I'm worthy. I'm worthy of love. Yes. Like, have you seen Drag Race? Bl- RuPaul's Drag Race? Um, no, I actually haven't watched it before, but oh. I know it, but I haven't Okay, it. so whenever the queens are eliminated, they write, like, a mm-hmm. message in lipstick on the mirror. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's what I did with, like, my I am mm-hmm. Ruby. I, I felt so dramatic. I was like, I the <laughs> lipstick. Yes. Yeah. I, I am worthy, it. like, on worthy. my mirror. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I was it. on my mirror for, like, a year. And it definitely comes oh. during a time where, like, uh, I think it was because of like some a traumatic dating experience, and I was like, mm-hmm. "What the men do have a way of mm-hmm. like making you doubt your own magic?" <laughs> and mm-hmm. That could be like a mm-hmm. whole other episode of the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like having an affirmation where you can see it, having it in your journal that you check every day. Like, I don't know. I can't wait to get your journal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I have it right have to next it to, to this book. Yes. <laughs> I got to send you my book. Yeah. I actually asked my publisher to send me books mm-hmm. so that I can send you a book. So I'm oh. going to get your address after this. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Ooh, authors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So in the last 10 minutes of this podcast, what I like mm-hmm. to do is to ask guests what their favorite cartoons are. <laughs> oh, yes. So we can chat about that. Yes. Let's go. Um, okay. So childhood Powerpuff, Powerpuff Girls. When I see your, I know I saw it in the beginning and I was like, oh my God, you got the heart on your chest. (laughs) 
Like, I mean, I was obsessed. Like my fifth birthday, we had it at some rainforest cafe. But I remember I yeah. wore this like violet Powerpuff Girl top. I was just hey. like, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, I am Buttercup. I had a doll. Like, yes. Oh, I love it. I was Team Buttercup. Um, I but was recently. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm the prettiest girl in the world. <laughs> but then, like, she's the one who be stomping on uh, Mojo yes, Mojo's the hardest. The <laughs> yes, she fights the hardest. I love it. I love it. I love it. Right? Because then Buttercup is like the opposite, right? She's like, I'm hard. Mm-hmm. But really, she's like a softie. Yeah, she's soft. <laughs> she's soft. And then that's so, like, I identify with that like i'm a little bit like hard shelled but really i'm yeah. a softie on the inside <laughs> i'm soft on the outside i'm crazy yes. on the- no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> <I love> <laughs> but okay now yeah. what are your recent like recent oh my gosh topics? okay so i love craig of the creek i started Ooh. watching that recently and i yeah. finished well i'm in like i'm up to date craig of the creek is so like ah oh, it no. makes, it reminds me of like, it gives me As Told by Ginger vibes, which is another <gasps> lovely show. But yes, but the reason it gives me that vibes, it's because it's like a new adventure. And like, you know, mm. when As Told by Ginger, they used to wear different outfits. So yeah. <laughs> while the kids on Craig of the Creek wear the same outfits, it's like a new adventure. It's something new. Ah. Um, Do they grow and up? And I love that. No, they don't. Uh-uh. No. Kinda? I yeah. don't know. I need it's to watch. Like, I so, but watched. it's a black, it's a black cartoon. So yeah. Craig is black, his mom is black. It's like so it's so I don't know. It's just so awesome. And Craig, ah, I love Aww. it. I love it. <laughs> Their friendships are great. It just and even the jokes they make are funny. Um, I love it. So Craig with a yeah. Craig. Now I also love Rick and Morty. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think it's back. I love it. It's so like adulty and yes, I love it. I love Rick. Do you remember when they went to some like alien? I don't even know if they were in an alien hospital or something, and they were watching commercials. And this is so obscure, but like there was like a dude on the commercial named Pykel Thompson, and I don't know why that like cracks me. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Rick episode. Yeah, um, Michael Rick. Michael Rick. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Uh, yes. No, yes. No, no, tell There's, me, tell me which one. What is the episode where they have those little things that make noises? Um ah crap, I forgot. Me we will oh, we nope. I think I know what you're talking about. Yes, there's I forget what their name is. And there was like are, a ton like of them. Yes, yes. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember, but like <laughs> It's just such an odd uh, cartoon, but I love it. It's just yeah. like, you know. I didn't want to like, watch it at first because it was so ugly to me. I was mm-hmm. like, this is right, hideous. right. But that also plays into it, right? Like, yeah. it's just odd yeah. and the, the drawings are similar. Like, and Ooh, Rick is an alcoholic. That, <laughs> did you see that episode where he had like a, I don't know if he was like, he had an exercise bike and it was powered by some mini universe that he created. And then he like, <laughs> yeah, he went to the universe and they're like, that's yes. our purpose. 
Right, right, right. Um, are you up to date on, have you watched recent episodes? No, but you can spoil things for me. I don't care. Okay. I mean, the, there was this recent episode, the current season, like um, his daughter, basically her clone or whatever, she yeah. has an affair with herself. And it's like, <laughs> I was just like, you guys really went there. Like, like, it's just, what? Like, right? And also, then I'm also like, which family are we with? Are we with a, are we with a clone family? Are we, like, with the original oh, ones? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right? Hasn't there been, like, so many different universes? Yes, there's so many different family members. Right? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, one cartoon that I loved came out yeah. when I was in, like, college, undergrad. Uh, Phineas and Ferb. I absolutely really? love Phineas and Ferb. I've yes. only I... seen a few episodes. <laughs> oh, it is so good. I started watching it when I was in college, undergrad, so like almost over 10 years ago. And like I was babysitting some kids and they would watch it. And I just love it. And I love, I just love that, you know, Candace. So like the premise is like they're like, it's the summer and they're yeah, doing yeah. all these extravagant <laughs> things and candace never always wants to tell on them but the mom never sees it in time and oh, i love it and there's always music and oh i, I love do it. Love, I love the it. music in phineas and Ferb. Mm-hmm. and i do love mm-hmm. like the villain do do for the schmertz yeah do for, i think he's funny do, do for, yeah and perry the platypus yeah. like oh, I, love it. <laughs> I love it i love it i do it. love cartoons that just have little shenanigans Every episode. Mm-hmm. They're just so wholesome, yes. calming. So wholesome. <laughs> yes. So wholesome. Did you ever watch you know, and that's... Yes, of course. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> oh, my God. And Spinelli. Oh, my God. I love them yes. all. Yes. Mm-hmm. Recess, Doug. Yeah. Hey, Arnold. Hey, yes. Arnold. Hey, Arnold. Mental health. Hey, Arnold had a lot of mental health, like, references. Like, yes. Um, I remember Chocolate Boy. I I don't know if that was his name, but there was an episode Mm -hmm. about him being like addicted to chocolate and like, like they made him Mm. dance like a monkey for chocolate. Like he almost, he lost himself to his addiction to chocolate. Oh, wow. Yeah. He had to like overcome it. Um, Yeah. Stuff like that. Teaching Oscar how to read. Oh, go on. Yes. I stumbled upon an account on TikTok that talks about Helga Pataki and how mm. her father was actually abusive and how Helga's mom actually was an alcoholic. And then, yeah. it, and then I guess later on when like they decided to do her own show, did Helga have her own show? I don't remember. She did? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but basically the creator was, ha- was saying how they decided to like have um, her mother clean up her act and stop mm. having out, out being an alcoholic and um and her father began to like not be as abusive and her sister came back from college and so so yeah. like it like seeing that as an adult now gives me better insight into how Helga was towards Arnold because it was mm-hmm. like she didn't have any love at home so she was like obsessed with like Arnold for whatever yep. reason <laughs> and know? she didn't know how to properly express love either and that's mm-hmm, why she just mm-hmm, right because you tease him bully him now i want to rewatch yeah with new i insight. love that 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> but so that the ad, new adventures, I think that's why I love Craig and the, Craig of the Creek because it's just yeah. a new adventure every episode, mm. and it's just so wholesome and fun to watch. Like Aww. these kids, like like so like the kids. Um, have imaginary things, right? But then the cartoon is drawn like the actual thing. So like if there's lava mm. on the floor, like, you know, um, we'll lava. see the lava. Yes. Yeah. But then like they'll cut to like the reality of it all, of it not actually being lava. <laughs> so like, it's fun though. It's so much fun. I love you it. You know what that sounds like? <laughs> that reminds me of Rograts. Like, oh yeah. That description. I love Rograts. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to watch yes. Craig of the Creek. Because I know I would love it. Yes. I've seen some Yes, you of would it. love it. Yeah. And I've seen, like, I was, pretty, I was like, well, I like this. But yeah. I just kept it on and I was watching it. Oh, and one more. One more. Codename Kids Next Door. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be obsessed with that mm-hmm. show. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, so <laughs> the good. The villains were so, so good. good. The weapons yes. were so cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, who were the, the villains were like the delightful children from down the lane something, something like, like that. that and like <laughs> something like that all these crazy adults yeah yes. okay which which kids next door did you like vibe with the most oh obviously the black one but i yeah. think because <laughs> i was black like, yeah you know? <laughs> right. i feel that or i am yeah. black i feel black but character. as a kid I'm yes black. as a kid you were just drawn to the black kid the black mm-hmm. character so mm-hmm you were number five, I believe. I believe she was number five. Is that her? You're number five? And I think number three was the other girl. Two was like the Australian Mm -hmm. boy. Four Mm. was the guy with the the pilot hat. And then one was the bald one. I think. Mm. (laughs) I will reference check this after. (laughs) Yes, I know. Now I'm going to have to watch. Um, You're right. Number five. Okay. Which was Cree Summer. Yes. I love her voice. (laughs) <laughs> yes, we love Cree for playing all the little black yes. cartoon characters. <laughs> Carry black characters on her back. Yeah, but she did. Okay. We love her for it. We have hit one hour. Um, awesome. And this was amazing. Thank you so Yay. much. We talked about so much, so I'm excited to listen yes. back and like learn all over again. <laughs> yes, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Um, now, before we go, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Yes. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Oludara Adio. It is my name, (laughs) O-L-U-D-A-R-A-A-D-E-E-Y-O. Hey. Okay. And so now I try to like make a little heart on the screen. I don't know. Oh, it's matching up. Yes. Do it. Hey. Okay. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Don't hang up.